Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. On occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. I'm Nicola Tallent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, on the Indo-Daily, Emily Hand, Leo Varadkar and the fallout from that tweet. The Israeli cabinet has approved a deal to secure the release of dozens of hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza six weeks after they were abducted from southern Israel. There were scenes of jubilation over the weekend as nine-year-old Irish-Israeli girl Emily Hand was finally reunited with her family after 50 days of being held hostage in Gaza. Yeah, yesterday we finally got Emily back from the hands of the... The Taoiseach took to social media to express his joy and relief at Emily's release. But little did he realise that those 200 characters would cause such an international scandal. The Irish Prime Minister has put his foot in. He's posted an innocent child who was lost. Lost? Has now been found and returned. She wasn't lost and found and returned like a pair of sunglasses. Uh. She was kidnapped by the Islamist terrorists of Hamas. Leo Varadkar's comments made headlines when the Israeli foreign minister said that the Taoiseach had lost his moral compass, later summoning the Irish ambassador to Israel for a reprimand. Look, Israel have decided to summon a number of ambassadors from a number of European countries in recent days. It's their prerogative to do that. I think it is a bit of an overreaction, being honest. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by Philip Ryan, political editor at the Irish Independent, to discuss the fallout from comments made by the Taoiseach and to examine the possible long-term damage to Irish-Israeli relations. So, Philip Ryan, to start this story, could you maybe bring us back to the awful events of October 7th and what we understand now to have happened to Emily Hand? Yeah, so it started off on October 7th when Hamas attacked um, the small uh, kibbutz on the border of southern Israel and Gaza. Um, They wreaked havoc. They uh, shot people, killed people, burnt people. Then on the other side of it was that they they kidnapped something around uh, 240 people that included men, women, children, and and very young children. And and Emily Hand, who is an Israeli Irish girl who was was eight when when she was first taken into captivity by Hamas terrorists and went on to have her her ninth birthday while being held hostage in Gaza uh, by the terror organization. At that point, we we didn't know this. No, No one knew this. And especially her father, own hand, he didn't know. And he, he did that uh, heartbreaking interview within days of, of the, the attack. They just said, we found Emily. Uh, she's dead. And I went, yes! I went, yes! And smiled. Because that is the best news of the possibilities that I knew. She'd be in a dark room filled with Christ knows how many people. 
and terrified every minute, hour, day and possible years to come. Really pulled at the heartstrings and it really showed the, the sheer impact of that de- and the devastation of, of what happened on that day. It was so difficult for the Hand family because, as you said, her father had 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 actually started to grieve for her death already. And we were a few weeks in before I think it was Israeli intelligence suggested that actually Emily was believed to to maybe be alive and to be to be held as a hostage. Yeah. So this happened after a few weeks later, a good few weeks later. I'm sure uh, Mr. Hand was was, like you say, still coming to terms with it, still trying to deal with it as best he could. We've been waiting for you. We've been fighting for you in every way that we can. And uh, then there's going to be a lot of, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I couldn't. Oh, Dad, you can't blame yourself. You cannot blame yourself. I'm I'm in the guilt stage of grief, I guess. This new um, idea emerges mostly because DNA wasn't found at the scene of her, so there was no proof that amongst the ashes and and human remains that the, the, there wasn't any part of her found, which which didn't 100% say that Emily Hand was alive, but it was just more that she was not in the kibbutz amongst uh, the rubble. So that led, led to the, the, the situation where it was hoped again that maybe she was alive and maybe she is being held hostage. This went on for a number of days, a couple of weeks. And I, the last time I was in Israel with um, Michal Martin, he was asked about this because he was on a big diplomatic uh, drive to to see what he could find out, speaking to the Arab League, speaking to the Egyptians, speaking to the Qataris, and, and speaking to the, the Israelis, of course, as well, about the case of Emily Hand and making the case that if there is any hostages to be released and she is alive, she would be on top of the list. So even when people started to have these discussions and started to have hope that some of the 240 hostages might be released, we would have seen like the Hand family meeting with senior members of the Irish government and trying to advocate for her to be put on those lists. But as you said, like people were in a frame of mind where they still didn't know 100% Mm. if she was being held hostage and she was still alive. But all of that kind of culminated over the weekend with this desperately needed good news, I suppose, that Emily was uh, part Mm. of a group of hostages who had been released. Yeah, she wasn't a part of the first group, which was uh, disappointing for a lot of people. She wasn't in the initial uh, tranche of people who got out. But thankfully, um, in a subsequent round of hostage release, she was released and was reunited with her father. And uh, the the footage of her embracing her father um, as she was brought back, it it really pulls at your heartstrings. And... uh, And we have to remember as well, Mr. Hand also lost his wife and, and Emily's stepmother in, in that attack. She she was murdered by Hamas. So, look, you can't imagine what he's going through. You can't imagine what Emily's going through after spending uh, the guts of, was it six, seven weeks um, in captivity? Reunification as such has happened, and that is a great thing, and it is a small silver lining uh, through these horrible clouds of war. But, yeah, um, Leo Radker then managed to mess it up. After everything that family has been through, and I suppose it should have been such a good news story for Ireland, such a good news story for Israel that this little girl was back with her family. And naturally enough, when she was reunited with her father, uh, there was huge interest in the Irish government. And of course, Leo Radker, naturally enough, put out a statement. Mm. But since then, this statement has been the centre of a really big international diplomatic row. Can you explain what exactly happened? So, look, 
Number one, I think um, Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach, has been pretty clear in his condemnation of, of what Hamas did. And he's he's aware that um, Emily Han was kidnapped by a terrorist group. And the Irish government put a lot of effort into making sure they could do whatever they could through diplomatic channels to secure her release. And I think they should be lauded for that. So after all that, on um, Sunday evening, uh, Leo Radker puts out this statement about the release of Emily Hand. He said, This is a day of enormous joy and relief for Emily Hand and her family. An innocent child who was lost has now been found and returned, and we can breathe a massive sigh of relief. Our prayers have been answered. His detail on the actual full statement did uh, describe it as her being a hostage, um, being kidnapped, etc. But this... Let's say it's a little uh, flowery for uh, the circumstances and it's dipping into the poetic maybe when uh, unnecessary. And look, naturally enough, the Israelis aren't big fans of the Irish. Um, They have a certain point of view of us, which you would think when it comes to diplomacy and it comes to dealing with these things that you're extra careful, that you don't give them an excuse to be further annoyed or further uh, reinforce their views of the Irish people and the Irish government's stance on things. But this uh, pretty clumsy tweet from the Taoiseach managed to do exactly that. So we have this problem here where uh, the Taoiseach put out a very detailed statement, I guess, on like the government website or maybe like it was released through the press office that was mm. much longer and kind of reflected the circumstances of how she was kidnapped, the responsibility that Hamas bore. But it seems like the issue here was... I guess, as you said, there are literally a couple of sentences from it were posted as a tweet on their own or a post on X, however you want to describe it. And that on that social media platform is where things kicked off, I suppose. Um, I think, was it the Israeli foreign minister who kind of responded on X, the same social media platform that Leo Varadkar wrote and made it clear that their biggest issue was the language of lost and found. Is that mm. right? So, yeah, Eli Cohn, uh, the, like you say, the foreign minister over there, he took to the social media platform, which is known for no, nuanced debate, um, and says, Mr. Prime Minister, it seems you have lost your moral compass and need a reality check. Emily Hand was not lost. She was kidnapped by a terrorist organization worse than ISIS that murdered her stepmother. Emily and more than 30 other Israeli children were taken hostage by Hamas and you, Leo Radker, are trying to legitimize and normalize terror. Shame on you. Now, this is a man, a very senior member of uh, Benjamin Netanyahu's cabinet. Um, Only a few weeks ago, he was showing tarnish to Michal Martin around Israel, brought him down to the kibbutz where uh, Emily Hand had lived, and brought him to other towns where, where people people had been um, attacked. When you're dealing with diplomacy and you're dealing with international affairs, especially during wars, you just need to be very careful. And Leo Radker could have also possibly included um, maybe the full statement as a link or something with or a it. picture, yeah. Or, yeah, which, which could have helped. But he didn't, and um, he's had to get one of those uh, little tags that they put on Twitter now to say that his tweet wasn't you know, fully informed or needed a little bit more context um, to be explained, which is pretty embarrassing in its own right. And like when you're talking there about the response from uh, the Israeli foreign minister talking about Leo Radker losing his moral compass, mm. that seems like um, 
very unusually strong language between political leaders. Like that seems, I know that Israel has been strong in criticising what Mm. it sees as Ireland being overly sympathetic to Palestinian people or not hard enough on Hamas. But that kind of language seems really unusual and really striking to say that Leo Varadkar has lost his moral compass. Yeah, look, it's it, it's something that has been um, bubbling under the surface. Not not even bubbling on the surface. Yeah. Um, for since this war, Ireland has taken a, a certain position, been a bit of an outlier when it comes to uh, condemning some of the the, the attacks on Gaza. It, it also condemned the terror attack by Hamas. But the the, the what are we up to now? Fourteen thousand um, uh, civilians or people killed in Gaza at this point. Um, thousands upon thousands of children included in that. And Ireland has been to the forefront in condemning it. We were one of very few uh, countries in the United Nations who initially called for a ceasefire in weeks. As a national parliament, we've called for a ceasefire. There's been a lot of diplomacy involved. Like I said, Miel Martin has been over there trying to talk to people. Um, there's a lot of back and forth uh, between the embassies um, over there, here, and the Department of Foreign Affairs in trying to secure the release of Emily Hand, most importantly, and trying to secure the release on the other side of it of, of Irish citizens who were in Gaza and, and are trying to escape a war zone. So look, there, there has been a lot of contact there. This type of stuff, um, it, it, it always seems to happen to Leo. So Israel is saying very strongly, they think that if you're making a statement like this, you should be very clear. You shouldn't be passive. You should make it clear mm. that it was Hamas that abducted this little mm. girl, not that she was, you know, lost in very kind of nebulous yeah. terms. But do you think if another European or world leader had used this language, would the response be as strong? Or do you think there was already a sensitivity there because a lot of people in Israel feel that the Irish government are biased on this? There is that element. Even before um, this war started, there was that view in um, in Israel that we're far too sympathetic to the plight of the Palestinian people. We <clears throat> don't give enough um, understanding to the impact of uh, uh, the bombs from Hamas on the people of southern Israel and elsewhere, um, <clears throat> and and we're just uh, one sided. Um, I, I was over there recently, and in the Department of Foreign Affairs. And, you know, there was briefings about Israel's view on, on Ireland and, and it was very negative. The, the view was essentially, look, if you, uh, we don't really care about you, number one, because you're not a military power and we don't do much trade with you. But if we did care about you, it was essentially your, your very unfairness. And, and, and at this point, the, the individual involved was bringing up the case of Sean Rooney, who was killed by um, um, Hezbollah uh, in Lebanon not so long ago. And the official was saying things along the lines of, look, if that had been the IDF, the, the Israeli Defense Forces, we'd never hear the end of it. But because it's Hezbollah, you haven't made that big of a deal about it, which, which is just untrue. They have never seen us as someone who is sympathetic to the Israeli plight and the plight of the Israelis. So, and, and that's the undercurrent of this, which makes it, like we've just been saying, the need to be ultra cautious when you're dealing with this. Don't be tweeting out flareal language, which has been briefed, one hand being some biblical parable, and on the other hand, it's a lyric from Grace, and it doesn't really matter. He seems to be Leo Radker caught up in his moment during COVID where he was quoting Mean Girls and Terminator and Lord of the Rings and Seamus Heaney. And he just feels that he needs to have that little um, 
extra bit to his statements when, look, sometimes less is more. And as everyone agree, would agree that it was really unfortunate that Monday morning, after such a good thing happening, mm. Emily Han being released, that this was the story on the front of the newspapers. You know, um, the Taoiseach kind of defending the language that he used and kind of standing over the sentiment of the statement. I think the vast majority of people will understand what I was saying, uh, recalling the amazing uh, joy and awe that occurs when a child comes home. Um, I've always been consistent in my unequivocal condemnation of Hamas uh, and hostage-taking. And I'm interested in what the reaction was back here. So I know that there was, um, you know, people in the government were very strong <clears> to defend Leo Varadkar. But even in the opposition, there didn't seem to be much appetite from the likes of Sinn Féin to criticise him for the language that he used either. No, because like we are in, within the fog of war. Israel is, you wouldn't say on the back foot because it has a lot of uh, big powers behind them. And no one is stepping in of of any uh, weight to say, stop this, stop the, the bombing. Ireland, little old Ireland, sitting out there on the edge of the Atlantic, has decided on this. We're in the EU. There's probably a concern that this will be, you know, this this kind of thing could spread through other member states. There are others who, who have taken a stronger stance than some of the other EU countries, Belgium, Spain. It is a part of a tactic to kind of demonize maybe uh, Ireland from the Israeli point of view to say like, look, look, these are they're just constantly um, like that view I said, they're unfair on us, they're targeting us, they don't see, they don't count the, the, the atrocities that are uh, fallen on us to, to those that have befallen on the people of Gaza. And they just don't understand the situation over here. And look at the, this is the leader of the country here talking about a lost and found child who had been kidnapped by terrorists. Um, and the reality is, Leo Radcliffe should have known better, though. There was also consequences for Sonia McGuinness, uh, Ireland's ambassador to Israel, who was summoned by Eli Cohen um, after the tweet. What do we know about that meeting? Yeah, so um, she was brought in, and this was part of the thing, to be reprimanded by the, the foreign minister. I don't think it was the foreign minister in the end. It was one of his juniors uh, doing the reprimanding. But she was brought in um, to discuss this language, to discuss the tweet. Um, and she released a statement afterwards, essentially saying, like, look, went in there, um, put the point across, but was very surprised that the meeting even had to go ahead, given the context and given what it was all about. And this is someone, again, during Michal Martin's visit over there not so long ago, which I was on, she was touring around with Eli Cohn as well. They were all... Um, out there and even our own uh, Dana uh, Ehrlich she was there too and that's the Irish or the Israeli ambassador to Ireland so look the diplomatic channels are there it, it, it did seem like a bit of show to do this making a point making an international point you can be sure it made headlines around the world uh, other embassies are seeing it making them a little bit more cautious about what they what they put out on Twitter or put in statements maybe that's that's what they wanted to do um, I, I got onto the, the Irish embassy uh, Israeli embassy in Ireland and the, the foreign ministry in Israel asking for their side of the, the meeting and, and there was no comment from them, so we don't really know, apart from the tweets, um, what it is that they hope to achieve. And you mentioned uh, Sonia McGuinness there, and you know you've actually met her yourself on on foreign mm. trips when you're covering this and other important stories. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, so Sonia McGuinness was really thrown in the deep end um, when it comes to this. She was only in the job uh, a few weeks, if, if not a couple months, in in Israel, just before um, the, war, the the Hamas attack on October seventh. 
She's a former ambassador, Irish ambassador to Turkey. Um, she also, actually, interestingly, her partner, uh, Phelan McLaughlin, is the Irish representative in Ramallah in the West Bank. So they're kind of a, a powerhouse in the Middle East for Irish diplomacy over there. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what type of work they can do now over the coming uh, weeks and months. Look, it's it's a, it's a positioning um that mission on both sides of the the West Bank in Ramallah and Tel Aviv, um, where it's it's always going to be interesting. There's always going to be issues to to look into, but this is uh, ramped up things to a hundred percent as you can imagine, and it, it's been a tough trip. She's had tarnish to Michal Martin out there in September and November of this year, so a lot of planning for her and her team to do that. And on both trips, he, he went across and, and swapped over and went into uh, Phelan McLaughlin's territory in Ramallah and was shown around by him. So, look, it's a, it's a, a mission that you would wonder, can you really find any progressive uh, outcome? But uh, they seem to have a good team in place anyway to, to give it a go. Ireland's uh, perceived response or, you know, the, the things that Israel has read into the, to the utterances of Irish government ministers, it can't make that an easy job to have for any ambassador. Absolutely not. Um, she does seem to have a, a, a very good personal relationship, even with uh, Dana Ehrlich. They uh, they were interacting quite well on the trip, um, the most recent trip that Tarnished had. Dan Elrich even came to the airport to, to wave them at the Tarnished off as he, he flew back to Ireland and uh, Sonia McGuinness was there as well. So like the, she, she does know how to do her job in diplomacy. It probably doesn't help when you have the Taoiseach again talking about um, how the attacks look like revenge um, and Simon Harris saying it's a war on children. There's absolutely no doubt that what Hamas did was despicable. We've all condemned it. It deserves absolute condemnation. It was an act of terror. Uh, on the people of Israel, it should be condemned. And of course, Israel had a right to defend itself. But but that original right to defend itself has now become, in my view, a war on children. Um, and you cannot build peace on the mass graves of children. Um, it is unfortunate that a country has become blinded uh, by rage. And perhaps as well, that feeds into everything we've been just talking about. So you have those comments leading up and then you have the lost and found tweet and perhaps um, the Israelis have just said enough is enough. Do you think that in the long term, the international relationship between Ireland and Israel is probably maybe permanently damaged or a little much worse than it ever was before? Oh, certainly. Yeah, I think um, it wasn't great to begin with. Yeah. Um, we do go over there a lot. We go to the West Bank, we, we go to Ramallah, we go down to Gaza, we, we, we visit all the regions. There's very much... Um, believe as a government that this two-state solution is the only solution in town, is the only way to fix the problem, to stop the the, the various ongoing conflict that's there for decades now. We have been critical of the, the illegal occupations, the settlers on the West Bank. We, we have been critical of that. And the Israelis just don't like it. And and that's uh, that. That's the way it's going to be. And the war has just heightened that. It depends on how long the war goes on. We're in the middle of a ceasefire now for the last couple of days. If that continues, um, it remains to be seen. The Israelis have not been given the indication that there's any uh, chance of, the, of of that happening. They seem to very much want to go back at it and target um, wherever Hamas may be. So. If, if it goes on for too much longer, maybe more and more countries will will grow tired of, of seeing the attacks, seeing the figures increase for the number of dead people and children every day. And perhaps maybe we would be the, the forerunners in, in, in pushing for an end to the violence finally. 
and my thanks to Philip Ryan. I'm Ellen Coyne, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Garrett Mulhall, researched by Maeve McTaggart, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from RTE, Reuters, Sky News, Sky News Australia, The Sun, and the BBC. You can follow more on this story online at the Irish Independent. And if you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel.